Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. Good afternoon, everyone, and um, welcome to Calvary Chapel, South London. Um, I mean, this afternoon, we're going to be continuing in a series as we study 2 Timothy, the second letter of Paul to the Apostle Paul to Timothy. And which we've subtitled Defend and Contend to the End. Um, As we continue in this, today we'll be looking at the at verses 10 to 17 in Second in Timothy chapter 3. So, if you've got your Bibles, please open there. If you haven't got a Bible, I would urge you or encourage you to have one to hand so that we go through this passage together to see what God has to say to us today about contending and defending for defending the gospel and contending for it to the end. As we pray, I ask Heavenly Father that you speak to us this afternoon. This is your word. This letter that we open into, though it be written to young Timothy, the upcoming established evangelist in his time, it is your word still. Though it were written by the hand of uh, Paul, a man of like passions as us, it is your word. And though we're written to someone yet as a personal letter, as a personal encouragement, it is still your word. You inspired this, Lord. You put your word in the heart of Paul. You revealed your will to him. You instructed him. You led him even as he put down every word. And you gave enlightenment to Timothy as well to see what your will, your purpose, your intention, your calling, even for us as believers in Christ, is. And the high calling that you place on our lives, Lord. Father, I pray then that even as I stand here this afternoon to share, to communicate, to speak, even as a messenger of your word, Lord, Help me to stand here, Lord God, speaking as a messenger for you. Help me, Lord God, to put aside every gimmick or antic, everything that will stand in the way of speaking as a messenger for you, Lord, so that indeed in every heart that will hear and receive, even and that sits under the sound of my voice today, Lord, let it be your word that is heard. And... 
We pray, Lord God, make all these things clear. Make them alive. Just like Jesus said that the word that he speaks, their spirit and their life. Make your word come alive in our hearts, Lord. Even moving us to walk, to do, to answer, to respond to your will. Hear your call and obey your voice. Even taking hold of your promise and walking as you've called us to defend the gospel, to contend for it, even to the end. Thank you, Lord. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we get to this, as, as, we, open, as we open our Bibles to the, the passage of Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning from verse 10. Um, an illustration comes to mind. I don't know how many of you have seen Bruce Willis in 16 Blocks? Anybody here? No? Basically, what is this? This guy, Bruce Willis, is an, is an old, tired cop, a bent cop, actually. But out of the blue, he's just assigned to take this witness just 16 blocks down the road from the precinct to a court where he's going to testify as a witness in a very important case before a grand jury. As it turns out, this guy who's going there to testify is actually testifying in a case that would have serious implications for him, the police officer who's taken him there, and for loads of his colleagues as well. He doesn't know it. He thinks it's just a simple job of taking this guy down to court to go and testify. And it turns out along the way he finds himself opposed by so many of his own. So many of his own, but with a very precious cargo, the witness to deliver to court. What does he do? Should he just play along with them, where he's convinced to, look, it's not worth it. This guy's just a really, just a petty, petty thief, little trader, one bullet and it's all over. We, and we're all cool, everybody's happy. Or does he stand for the truth? Does he stand, defend the truth, even in this witness, even though it's gonna cost him dearly as well? What does he do? Well, he ends up anyway deciding, rather than put this guy at risk, his little, small, petty thief at risk, put his life at risk, he decides to let the guy go. Because he knows everything that there is to testify about and turns himself in as the witness even at the risk of his own life. In the same way, we are called and we are entrusted with very precious cargo. God's testimony of Jesus Christ. God's testimony of Jesus Christ. I believe and I'm sure that that's what brings loads and so many of you to be seated here this afternoon. 
God's testimony of Jesus Christ. The gospel, we've heard it. I'm assuming that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Simple version. We've heard it also that even Jesus abolished, and we will see that in this passage today, Jesus abolished death. You didn't hear me. He abolished death. And then he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel that brings loads of us here today. You may never have heard that before. You may never have realized that that's what you believe. If that's the case, I hope that is what you believe. Jesus Christ abolished death and he brought life and immortality and unending existence to light through the gospel. How important is that to you who's seated here today? As I look through the audience and even thinking about myself, I imagine we've come through life long enough to see and experience death. We've come through life long enough to see and experience the loss of loved ones. Well, here is precious good news that God makes known. And he's given that to you. You have believed it. If you haven't believed it and you're here, that's why you're here. To hear that and to take hold of it. And to believe it and act on it. And trust God for that. That that's true. That you can rely on that. That you can actually bank on that. You can lean on that. And know that it won't give behind you. It won't give at all. In today's terms, you can know that Jesus Christ or God has got your back. How important is that to you personally to begin with? It's one of the questions that Paul reminds his beloved son, reminds his son in the gospel, his son in the faith, Timothy, reminds him about this. Tim knows this already, of course. He believes this. His place is trusting in, in Christ. And he lives by this. But is that all? Is that all we're called to do? Is that all? Just come, enjoy the benefit, enjoy the promise, take hold of it, and wait for, I don't know what, don't know what to call it, wait for the bo next bus from heaven. Or the next train or next plane to heaven to show up. And then we're out of here. Is that it? I ask a question. 
before we go into this passage. If God called us for that purpose, just so that we can have that promise of everlasting life, that promise of an, of an unending existence, and live for whatever other purpose we want. On a very serious note, if we all were there, standing by the cross of Calvary, there at Golgotha, knowing that there's this promise held out of everlasting life, and Pilate asked us, what should we do with this Jesus, King of the Jews? Crucify him so that you can have everlasting life and then live for whatever else you feel. What would your response be? I, 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 can, I, can, I can almost hear it. Crucify him! Yes, we know that's what they said. We know that's what they said. But with the modified question, I'm role-playing for Pilate now. Let's assume he asked that question just for that purpose. Have everlasting life and then do whatever else you want. What would we say to those guys who shout, crucify him! Honestly, I felt I would say, Stop! Don't bother! There's no point. If it's just for me to live as I please, to live as I want, to have all the time I want, achieve whatever I desire, having had the benefit of everlasting life, just for that guy who's slain on the cross? Really? Would we have a, an exaggerated importance of ourselves then? If we joined the crowd and screamed out, Crucify him! Would we? Honestly, ask the question, So we see then the point of Paul's appeal is really pleading. And guess what? He can make this appeal to Timothy because he knows Timothy. He knows this young man's faith is genuine. He knows this is not play. I mean, check it. It's not play at all. So in this section we're looking at, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 17, we'll see Paul highlight a few things, which for want of um, some guidance so that we know where we're at as we go through this, I've called... Paul's calling Timothy to have the same goals for the gospel. He's also calling Timothy to share in the sufferings of the gospel. 
sufferings for the gospel, sorry. And he takes one even very, very important step. So important for every one of us and anyone who claims to name the name of Jesus today, tomorrow, till Jesus comes. He points out the basis, the origins of the gospel. Turn with me, let's read together. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 10 to 17. Look in, your, look in your Bibles as we read. Now. Or now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance persecutions and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood, you've known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you read closely, you'd see there is a bit of a flow here. Carrying on from where um, Bro Ioso well outlined last week, where he outlined what will prevail in the last days. Of course, from the time Jesus ascended into heaven, right till now, there are men who are lovers of themselves. There are men who are lovers of money. There are men who are boastful. There are men who go about slandering others, accusing others falsely. There are men who go about just looking for personal gain. Again, just looking through the audience, I think it's a fair estimation to say that a good number of you have probably been through the hands of such men, right? And there are those who are also treacherous, reckless. They will make commitments in faith. 
bind you into them without your consideration. What, what did I say? Your consideration? No, without considering you. But we'll see a contrast. And as we've seen throughout this letter, Paul makes a very clear point, very clear distinction as we see, highlighting what his goals are, what his goals have been, which Timothy has taken care to follow. Follow in the sense of you might be looking for someone or you know someone you're looking for. You want to keep tabs. You want to know what's going on in their life. Twitter? Let me see. Hands. Who's on Twitter? Come on, don't be shy. I'm on Twitter as well. <laughs> Facebook? Yay. The vine. <laughs> LinkedIn. It's now a social network. <laughs> it's meant for business originally. <laughs> but you follow on there to keep, to kind of see what's going on in that person's life. Hmm, what happened at their 21st birthday party? Are there any pictures on there? Oh, they got engaged yesterday, wow. But you don't know them. <laughs> but you can follow. Don't miss the point. You can follow that way. We do that a lot remotely these days. Or you can follow by hello. How are you doing, Jason? I ain't spoken to you for a while, you know. How's things? How's work? Oh, I see. Okay, how's, that? how's the promotion going? You can follow by keeping in touch. Better still, Tell you which ones, which one would be more reliable? You can follow by actually hanging out with them. This is what Paul's talking about. Timothy, you have followed. You followed my teaching. Not Paul's teaching as, as if, you know, the teaching's got Paul's name on the box. But what Paul's taught, instructing people concerning their relationship with God. This is new. Let me take your minds back. This letter we're looking at, there's, it's new. The, the, the news about Jesus abolishing death Bringing immortality to life, to light through the gospel, wow, that is new. And it's news, and it's good news. But there's people who don't like it. Because they're the ones who've been, if you like, the bee's knees concerning 
how to walk with God. And these guys followed Paul as well. As we will see. But the point here, Tim, you followed my teaching. You followed how how I instruct people concerning walking with God. You followed also my conduct. Accounts abound. And honestly, I understand when I hear the guys go, wow, so much to unpack, but so little time. There is, there's times where Paul, reading in the Acts of the Apostles, and this is also God's word, another account written by a young man called Luke. He followed Paul as well, like Timothy followed Paul. Made records, made notes. Accounts where Paul would, as he's going from church, from city to city, meeting people by the wayside, meeting people in their town halls, telling them this good news about Jesus, how you can have life now, everlasting life, because Jesus dying on the cross, that's what it means. God bears witness to this. By him being raised from the dead. We're witnesses of it. We've seen this. There's people who are still alive who will tell you they saw him after he rose from the dead. Paul went about doing this. Timothy was with him. He saw. He knows Paul's doctrine. He knows Paul's conduct. He went from place to place, meeting people that are new. Telling them about this good news. And did so just declaring what God has revealed to him. We'll see more about this later on. And his purpose. Oh my gosh. Listen. Paul makes it his purpose. Or made it his purpose. Let me go back. Made it his purpose one time when this news just came out. He was in another camp. He was in those guys who I say were the bee's knees of how to walk with God. He was a Jew. He wasn't a follower of the way as it was known then. And he set out. Listen, these people are just... Turning the place upside down. Everybody is following this way, 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 way. What's with this way anyway? And goes to the ruling religious council. Guys, give me letters. I'm going from town to town. Anybody who are catching the way in this way, I'm going to get them out of the way. And he sets up to do that. Well, my man's bouncing along merrily one day and... He meets the one who's the way on the way. Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be dead. Who are you? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you trying to run me out of the way? Jesus asks him. He can't but answer, Lord, tell me what to do. And the Lord tells him what to do. Go into the city and wait there. Somebody come and give you your instructions. And he gets his instructions. What's his instructions? 
Saul, listen, you've been zealous about this Judaism and things you've been into, but I'm going to show you how much you must suffer for me and for the sake of the gospel. He doesn't go, um, no, straight away. As soon as he receives his sight, he's up on his feet, out there, declaring this way, making the good news known. And that, at any expense, he considered himself, listen, if I've been out to get those in the way out of the way, and him who is the way out of the way, and he takes me and brings me into the way. Oh my gosh. It's worth it. I'm giving myself altogether, whatever the cost, to this way. So that I can bring others into the way. And Jesus gives him a specific commission. Go. You're a Jew, right? You're, you're, you're a Hebrew. Fine. Go to the Greeks. Go to the Gentiles. People who are not your, they're not your folk. They're not your countrymen. Go out there and make the way known to them. And this has been the defining purpose of his life even to this point and continues to be even to his death because he eventually dies defending the way. The man's heads get chopped off for speaking the way for talking about the way, for making people know the way. Is that purpose enough for having Jesus crucified on the cross? This is what Paul's highlighting to Timothy. You, you know my teaching. You know my conduct. You know my purpose. You know my faith. Listen, this man hears specific, clear warning from God, from a prophet of God. Who owns this belt? Guy who owns this belt, listen, you go to Lewisham there, you're going to get nicked. And from there... It's trouble for you all the way. Or oh, this bag. Well, what happens? Everybody's poor. Don't go to Jerusalem. It was to Jerusalem anyway that the prophet told. Don't go there. Because if you do, there's trouble awaiting you. Don't go. And he's like, oh, why are you guys making me sad like this? I mean, why are you breaking my heart? I've determined this is my purpose now. You're trying to tell me, no, don't do that. Instead, go find it. Just, you know, find a nice, easy, cozy spot. Don't go somewhere where they spit on you or swear at you or call you names or say you're a liar or a madman. Here's Mikey P. He says, Mikey P, permission, please. I know this is, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I, 
I, I had this in mind. At least the, the videos are on there on YouTube. We'll come to that. But he determines, listen, this is my purpose. This is what God's called me for. And he heads to Jerusalem nonetheless. Sure enough, he gets arrested. Remember, I'm talking about the man's faith now. This is the goal he set for himself. Or this is the goal of his calling. His faith. He goes to Jerusalem regardless of the clear warning, clear instruction, trouble's waiting for you there. Well, where does, where does this lead him eventually? At the end of the day, the man finds himself addressing two governors and a king, telling them about the way. Wow. Timothy knows this. Because all along, he's with him. He's tracking with him, not on Facebook, not on Skype, right there, in his shadow, every step of the way. This is, this is, this is a worthy goal for that good news that he's heard being brought into the way having persecuted the way, being brought into the hope of having the good news of life and unending existence, death being rendered, what's the word now, impotent, rendered ineffective as far as you all are concerned, as far as we all are concerned. That's the kind of goal or purpose that Paul is saying, come, come have this goal with me. Make it your purpose to stand for the gospel. What is our purpose? A degree at uni? International commercial lawyer? I'm not I'm not turning the heat on anyone here, am I? I remember when I set out to come to this country back in 96, I thought, my God, I'm going to be some international stockbroker. So I stockbroking in Nigeria. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing trades, big volumes that would shake, shake the country. Just pull off one dealer and that's it. Mm. You know? Get some recognition. <laughs> Empty purposes. Empty. I'm not shooting you down, am I? That's not, that's, not, that's not the plan. That's not the purpose. God's called us, as Paul points out earlier on in this passage, in this letter, he's called us with, with a holy calling. If we, if we believe in this good news, listen, it's a call to be set apart for God. I've heard that message before. You probably have. If you haven't, and this is the first time, God calls us to be set apart 
for a holy calling, a holy purpose, set apart for him. It's not for us. We're his now. Oh. Don't be disappointed. There's more to life than this. Look, unending existence doesn't stop. Deal? Good enough? Paul makes us his purpose, and he calls Timothy, look, you followed this. You're not like the other guys I described last week. You've seen this in me. I'm encouraging you, do the same. That's his call. Do the same. My purpose, my patience, my love, my perseverance. This chap wouldn't stop trying to get into towns where he knows nobody's gone with the gospel. We'll see. Look. He says, you know these things about me. You know the persecutions, moving on to verse 12. Time flies up here. Gosh. <laughs> you know the persecutions and suffering such as happened to me at Antioch. Check Antioch out. Antioch, okay, let Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. Let's just take one of them. Iconium, Acts chapter 14. They get to this town called Iconium. Turn there, if you will. Acts chapter 14. Are we turning? Are we there? While you're going there, let me just give you a snippet as to what happened before they went there. 1348, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. That's this word of unending existence, of everlasting life. If they place their trust in what Jesus, Jesus, Jesus sacrificial death on the cross. Listen, rejoicing. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But, but the Jews, his brethren, people he'd hung out with, they knew him. He was one of their brightest, brightest students, brightest leaders. But the Jews incited the devout, the devout women of prominence. I was talking about this last week. And the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out. Come on, get out of here. This is your lousy news. What are you talking about? Come on, leave. We, we, don't want to, don't, we don't want to hear anything. Get out. You would think 
That means, Jesus, this is just, why does the gospel have to be so hard? Isn't it simple? Gospel is the gospel, it's the good news. Jesus died, everybody saw it. What's the problem? Everybody knows JFK got shot. Anybody arguing about that? But we're saying Jesus died. Of course, JFK wasn't dead then. He wasn't even born. <laughs> we're telling what happened to Jesus and they're, and they're running us out of town. What's this all about? No, he didn't do that. <laughs> Look. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them. And went to Iconium. You think that's it? There's no point. This news doesn't sell. No, went to Iconium. <laughs> Isn't that joyful? Isn't that encouraging? Be encouraged, Mikey P. And all who will stand and represent for Jesus. At Iconium, they entered the synagogue, 14.1, of the Jews again. Those people just run you out of town in the other place. <laughs> this guy is persevering. He must have a hard head. And they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed, both of Jews and of Greeks. Uh-oh, but the Jews who disbelieved stirred with the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. What's this all about? Why, why, why can't people just let things be? Nah. It's part and parcel of the gospel. It comes with a patch, as we'll see. Just one place. And check it. It, hap it so happened in Iconium. <sighs> when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and the Jews, verse 5, with their rulers to mistreat and to stone them. I thought these were the same guys who just listened and everybody came out happy about the good news. Next thing they're looking to do is mistreat and stone them. They became aware of it and fled to the cities of Lycaonia, Lystra, and Derby. Tell you what, these cities aren't too far apart. What's the point? Just go the next, next door. That's what Jesus said to do. And that's what, exactly what he's done. Tim, you know these things. You know my doctrine. You know what I teach. You know my, how I conduct ministry. You know my purpose is to live for this gospel. You know the persecutions and the sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. You can check these out in Acts 13, 14. They recorded accounts. What persecutions I endured. And here's the beautiful thing. Out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Look. 
I spent some time watching um, YouTube, YouTube clips of tales in evangelism. If you don't know, how many of you have seen those clips? Tales in evangelism? One, two, three, four, five. How many? Six? Is that it? Wow, seven. Any more? Seven. All right, please. <laughs> Find out if it's a purpose worth being saved for. If you've been saved, I've been saved, is it worth being saved for to have others know and, and receive the good news of everlasting life? I'm not hitting on you for just not going out to Brixton. Some have said, oh, Brixton is a joke. It's a bit of a joke going to Brixton when we're in Broccoli. Okay, good. Karen, please, can you do us a sign-up sheet? Anybody who wants to do outreach to Broccoli? Today. Make a start. Let's do it. Mikey P's been chomping at the bits for months to train people to come out, confidently speak, declare that gospel. If, it's, if all you know is Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day was raised from the dead. If that's all you know, and then he ascended into heaven, hey, that's, that's plenty. That's a lot. If you talk about people dying and being raised from the dead, you get, huh? What are you talking about? Explain this to me. What do you mean? You get a response. If you want to reach out to, to, to Lewisham, New Cross, where's this place behind us? Ladywell, St. John's, Deptford. Where's that? Honor Oak. You want to do that? You start the list, yeah? Today? Thanks. Let's do it. Come on. What are we here today for? What are we live for? For ourselves? Just waiting for the next bus to heaven? Ah, listen, I'm convicted by this too. This is God's word that we're reading. So, what persecutions I endured? And out of them all, the Lord rescued me. That's the point I was trying to make. You've seen one of them videos where Mikey P is being pushed off the leg, pushed off his stool at Brixton. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, there's people standing there to say, you can't be talking to people like that. You can't be telling them that, that, that they're sinners. You can't, I don't believe in God. Right in the face, like that. He's still here. The Lord rescued him. And Ashley. 
and all the other guys would go out with you. Hey, try God with this thing, yeah? I'm not, I'm not trying to be magical or anything here. Paul says, and the Lord, out of them all, the Lord rescued me. This is something we can do. Let's see. Maybe somebody will speak in our face. Maybe somebody will look at us like, you're bonkers. You've gone loopy. You've gone doolally, or however they say it. And they'll look at us and say, we've lost it. Well, God will bring us out of all of that. Go in there and see how the Lord rescues out of trouble. Trouble that we get into for his namesake. We're called to share the same, to have the same goals for the Gospels. This is the passionate plea Paul's making to his beloved son, Timothy, whom he knows. He knows he's a believer. Are we all believers here? If not, you've heard the, 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 the very stripped down message of the gospel. Does that hold promise for you? Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. Thank you, sir. It doesn't seem attractive to all of us. And honestly, it is not. Not in our own strength, at least. But, you see, we can only do this through the grace that God provides how will we find that out if we don't step up for the purpose that we are called to live for? We won't find out if, if <laughs> the, the, the power of God won't come, won't flow. His anointing won't flow for purposes he's not intended. I think that's, that's a line from, whose who's track is that? Gosh. I think it's cross-movement track. Well, and all who live godly in Christ will be, will be persecuted. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse. Deceiving. They'll deceive people quite all right. They also will be deceived. You know what I realize? It, they'll, they'll be deceived by the most. Take a guess. By themselves. By themselves. Because in actual fact, <laughs> they might be led to think, hey, we're, we're taking part in this thing too, aren't we? No, not if you're loving after, look, looking after yourself, like I was hi highlighting last week. Not if you're just all about money. Not if you're all about, yeah, what's coming out of it for me. Yeah, I can come and speak, but listen, there's got to be a 5,000 pound honorarium first, up front. First class hotel accommodation. Fruit bowl. Grapes, seedless, white. I'm not joking. This is 
Some of these things I just said are true, real, actual, today. I've been in places like that, in leadership. The speaker won't show. If the five grand don't credit their account. To do what? Speak God's word? Hello? <laughs> There's people speaking it for free. What's, 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 what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? What's all this painful, painful anointing? <laughs> who's, who's anointing we're paying for? Maybe, maybe the kind of anointing that you get in uh, Chanel <laughs> or something. Please. Even when an impostor will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Children of God, please be discerning about this. Honestly, first, understand this. I reiterate it again. That God has called us with a holy calling. He's called us to be set apart for him. God has called us for his own purpose. His own purpose. Not ours. Seriously, think about it. When you go away today, one thing I don't want you to forget. If all I'm doing now is what Jesus died for, would I have given the thumbs up for him to be crucified? Or would I have just done something else? Because there's people doing loads of things, yeah, for their own purposes to be accomplished. I'll spare you the details, but let me shock you. Oh, God, please. You might know this already, but you know there's people in the world who trade in human body parts for ritual sacrifices. I mean, for those of you who watch, um, what's that vampire series? What's it called? Sorry? Twilight. It kind of informs those sorts of things, right? It's ritualistic. It's ritualistic and all to perpetuate their existence, right? That's the thinking behind it. People do all kinds of ritualistic things, selling human body parts just to perpetuate something that's gonna end. When you get six feet, six feet under, it goes on today. So why bother having Jesus crucified when you can go out there and do it your way? There's a market for that. Leave Jesus out of it. If we're called for less than God's purpose on account of Jesus dying on the cross, there's other ways of doing that. Leave Jesus out of it. Well, let's move on quickly. Time. So, Tim, you, however... Continuing the things you have learned and become convinced of. I'm hoping that all that 
is sufficient to help us to understand, to become convinced of, to realize that all the time we've been listening, understanding the gospel, understanding that Jesus Christ died to save us, understanding that we are bought with a price, not just an ordinary price, <laughs> a price of blood of an innocent, the only one, the only begotten Son of God, sinless, tempted in every way, yet without sin, not like us, yet like us, crucified. <laughs> Knowing this, please, Continue in that because, look, all that we come to know about this gospel, all that we come to know about Jesus being crucified on the cross, all that we come to know about how we get to be saved and have the hope or the promise of everlasting life, it's not some empty fabrication. It isn't. I think I've kind of moved really too quickly through there. But goals for the gospel, sharing in the sufferings for the gospel, I made that appeal. And now we kind of move to the, the basis, the origins. How can Paul make this kind of request? I mean, come on. Really? Seriously, Bertram, you don't mean you're telling me to just step up and do silly things like Paul? Go get nicked for preaching the gospel? I mean, I don't have to be obnoxious and get in people's faces. Do I? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like Pastor Rob pointed out at the beginning of this, we're at war. It's not a war of, not a simple war of ideas. It's not a simple war of your word against mine. This is about creation deciding it wants to shake its fist up at its creator. What you believe about God what you believe about God's word to a very large extent, if not altogether, determines how we will respond to this call. Look with me at verses 16 and 17. But just leading into that, Paul says, continue in these things um, because the things you have learned and become convinced of, Timothy is sure about them. He's seen his mom live this out. He's seen his grandma live this out. He's seen faith demonstrated in Paul's life. Although he's probably seen his mom pray and, and see prayers answered. He's probably heard this Talk about this Messiah, this Jesus, 
as a young man and probably heard, I don't know, probably heard about Jesus being crucified in Jerusalem. Heard the reports about him being raised from the dead. But come, how do we know what we know for sure, for real? So, you've learned from childhood, he tells him, and known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom, the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And he tells him, all scripture is inspired by God. That's a big claim. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God. I'll just take a few minutes to explain this or highlight this. It's God-breathed. In other words, what you see in scripture, and this, bear in mind at this time they had Moses, the prophets, um, the book of Jeremiah, the book of Hosea, the book of them prophets. They had, that's what they had. And based on these things, they're believing that what they see about this man, Jesus, is true because of what Jeremiah said, because of what Isaiah said, because of what Hosea said. All them guys who said these things more than 400 years before their time. Wow. That's what they had to look at. And we too, we're looking at one of them such letters. Okay? Talking about inspiration, what's that mean? Some key terms, and I've borrowed this from the theology program, which is run by I forget his surname now. I'll tell you. But they, they, they run a, a, a parachurch ministry in Oklahoma called Credo House. Some key terms. Revelation. That is the act whereby God reveals truth to mankind through both special revelation, like the scripture, prophets we just talked about, and natural revelation. So from nature, in our conscience, we see things. Then also, Inspiration. Um, the act whereby God guides the writers. So Paul's writing to Timothy, as we were praying at the beginning of this, and he, God guides Paul to write to Timothy what God wants to write to Timothy. He gives Paul understanding of this, and Paul writes exactly what God wants. He's not, what did you say, God? No, no, no. He understands and he writes, as Paul is, all that Paul is, writes to Timothy, expressing his emotion, his passion, his zeal, his, all that God wants and God guides Paul to write to Timothy. That's an example of inspiration. Now, also, illumination. You might be sitting here. Maybe something I've said today. You're like, ah, oh, I didn't know that. Illumination. The act whereby God enlightens people to understand his revelation and its relevance to their lives. Something I'm hoping that you will not leave here without understanding today. 
For example, and I've been saying it again, hey, God saved you for a purpose. God saved us for a purpose. That's important. Well, so how does this work? I think that point kind of makes it, doesn't it? Those definitions kind of make it plain. So Paul says that all scripture is inspired by God. And it's beneficial, profitable, it's useful for teaching or for instruction, which is what Paul's been doing all along and getting persecuted, getting chased out of town for it. Where he goes about making people understand that, hey, there's everlasting life in Jesus Christ. He's instructing people in this is what the prophet meant about him being crucified, about him suffering, about him being offered as God's sacrificial lamb. This is what Isaiah meant. This is what Jeremiah meant. Scripture is useful for that. Explaining what God's revealed will is. It's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof. Whereby we stand, if you like, corrected. We stand, we, 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 God gets to show us, ah, I didn't realize that there was more to being a Christian than just, you know, waiting for the next plane to heaven. There's more. There's a bigger purpose. Scripture shows us that. Like we're reading Timothy's letter today. If you didn't know that, I'm only the messenger. If you just knew that today, but God's speaking to you. For correction. I think we all know what correction is, right? You're wrong. This is what's right. Scripture shows us what's right. Murder is murder. Simple. Taking a life unlawfully. Murder. Whether it's six feet behind the birth canal or outside walking on his feet, it's murder. All right? Correction. For training in righteousness. How do we live before God? How do we walk with God? How do we, I want to I wanna make my request known to God. I want to tell God how I feel. God, I'm vexed about something. I need to talk to somebody before I flip and do something. We can pray. The Lord teaches us to pray. In the Psalms, you see David venting for his enemies or his friends who betray him. And he's really, ah, giving it to God. And eventually realizing, oh, okay, God. <laughs> Show them mercy. <laughs> he's trained in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate. 
We can't talk this all here. Listen. Where do you go, community group? Okay, wrong question. <laughs> anybody not go community group? Or anybody who goes community group here? Let me just start. Let me, I don't want to hot anybody up. Who goes community group here? Yay. Can we get instructed by the word of God? Our community group, we can. Can we get... Um, Trained in righteousness, a community group? Yeah, we can. Can we learn how to pray there? Yes, we can. All these things scripture is useful for. And listen, contrary to what's held out there, that, come on, it's just an old rule book. It's an ancient rule book. It's no longer relevant for our day. So therefore, marriage can be the... Um, a union between any two consenting adults. If you're a believer, look in the word again. You'll see correction about that. All right, let's take this home. Paul makes a call. Tim. Have a goal. <clears throat> Have worthy goals for having the gospel in your life. It's a good thing you've been given. It's a good thing you've been entrusted with, Tim. Live for it. You're saved. You're enjoying the benefit and the hope. Pass it on. He also points out, even as you pass it on, just as they threw me out of town, stoned me and left me for dead, God rescued me out of it. That comes with a patch. Believer, hey, child of God, it comes with the patch. It almost is like a promise there. All who desire to live godly in this world will face. And this is not some made-up story or fairy tale. This is God's revealed will. God will give you understanding of his word. He will bring it to your conscience that, hey, this is... Some people have actually called a shout. If God is there, let him show himself. Yes. Can I help? I'm sure you don't want that response. But he does. He's God. Let's take this home. Let's stand. Seriously, we are called for God's purpose, for a holy calling, set aside for God. 
Has that been the case? Have we passed up opportunities to actually represent God? Have we passed them up like, oh, no, I'll leave that for Mikey P. I'll leave that for Ashley. I'll leave that for Brian. <laughs> They'll do it on Friday night. Don't worry, I'll just give the offering. Or it's for the other guy who's the nerd. Yeah, everybody knows him, man. He gets all the swearing and back, back chats and back talk. That's his portion, not me. I'm a king's kid. I'm a head and not a tail. You probably got your <laughs> instruction wrong. If, that's not, if it's not been the case that, hey, this call, I've, I've treated it as less than what it is, why don't we pray? Where are you standing right now? Pray to God about those opportunities passed up. And he'll bring them by again, giving us the opportunity to see God's rescuing, God's deliverance, God's power at work as we stand and represent him, knowing that we're called and we're saved and set aside for his calling. Why don't you pray where you're standing, if that's you? Pray as well. I'm just asking us to stand as we pray. Pray as well for God to bless and multiply the effort that those who even make the effort are making. Pray for God to bless it, multiply it. Pray for that. When's the last time you prayed for the guys out there preaching, sharing the word, or people who you know actually share the word. Maybe somebody at work who doesn't go to South London, but they're a Christian, or somebody on the street corner who's getting asbos left, right, and centers from local authorities because he's standing there declaring the truth of God. Or people getting persecuted in this country for standing and objecting or make, not, not even necessarily objecting, but making the, the truth of God known. Standing for God like rights. I'm going to defend this. Even if it means being demoted. Even if it means having a pay cut. And there are cases like that. Celebrated now because they stood boldly for Jesus. How about praying Some of you, God's gifted you, gifted us. You may be very, very intelligent, very intellectual. You can write. You can, I don't know what the, what the tune is, a musical word is. You can produce those bars and represent for God. Spit out some serious gospel lyrics out there competing in the marketplace of ideas. Because all this thing about changing the law for, to make, to redefine marriage, well, it's all kicking up in God's face, I suppose. You might be there and it's been on your heart. Listen, I want to stand up and start a campaign of some kind to make God known. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. As we stand, pray about it. Pray that indeed God will make you and me faithful men. 
people who will stand and defend and contend. What else can I do, God? What else can I do? Is it posting stuff on the vine that would educate people, that would make the gospel known, that would make the truth known? Think about these things because that's why we're still here today for God's purpose. That's why we're still here today. Drop all those ideas that, yeah, I've got plenty of knowledge about this, that, and the other. I know the end times. I know whether there's a rapture coming first or what have you. Please, build up believers. Make the gospel known. Okay, maybe not in that group. You want to be taught. You want to be educated. You want to have somebody teach you the very, very basics about God's word. You want to learn how to study the Bible. Please. Um, Karen, please do me another sign-up sheet. Anybody who wants to learn how to study the Bible, the very basics. Get back there. Put your name down. We'll sort something out. Look, this gospel message is not a fabrication. It's God's word. It's God's word that determines everything. God's word that calls the shots. If God says, right, that's it. It's all over. Wrap it all up. We won't be here. Look around you. On the walls in this building, there's so many memorials, plaques, stained glass windows. People who've gone on before. They've had their opportunity to represent for Jesus Christ. Many of them fell in wars, fell in battles. Some of them probably stood here also, making God's word known. Let's leave God a good memorial. Or let's leave those who are alive a good memorial. That we stood for God. That we gave it all for the gospel. Regardless of the price. Regardless of what we suffer. Think how you can refresh the evangelist. Think how you can stand up and represent for the Lord. That's all of us. And so Father we just pray. Even as we hear this call, out of your word, helping us to see and know that, hmm, there's more to this walk, more to this call than having it all easy and nice till you return. Help us, Lord. Help us to be Enabled by the grace that you supply according to your working, according to your power, not in our strength, but help us, Lord. For whatever thing you have, whatever gifting you have put in us, Lord, for us to rekindle them, just like this young man was encouraged to do. Rekindle them. Offer them in service to you. That the tribes of the Pauls and the Timothys may increase. And the tribes of those who will 
give their all, who will join in the sufferings for the gospel, who will stand upon your word, your sure word, your revealed word, your inspired word, your word that's true, evidently so. Lord, help us to be partakers in this, willingly joining with you, willingly submitting our lives to you because we consider that him who died, wow, our lives aren't even worth his. Our lives aren't even worth it. But you in mercy, you in grace, you in forgiveness gave his life that we might be saved and bought the precious blood of Jesus to live for him, to suffer for the gospel. So enable us to do, even by your grace. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. My heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice. I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep, I will lift my hands in faith. I will I remind myself of all that you've done, God, and the life I have because of your Son. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. And I am yours. I'm forever
Father, it's no small claim for us to make, especially when you know us where we are, especially when you know where we stand with you, Lord, especially when you know where our heart's desires are. But, Lord, it's really because of your love, because of your grace, and Jesus dying on the cross that we acknowledge, Lord, you have paid the price and we are yours. Whether we live it out or not, we are yours. But Lord, we want that to be truly the case. We want that to be indeed the case, Lord. Otherwise, Lord, how can we stand before you? How can we make a claim that we're yours but for your grace and so Lord we pray receive today receive us Lord receive today as many as <sighs> for whatever reasons you know, we've gone after our own way We've, we've sought our own purposes and our goals, Lord. But thank you for your mercy and your grace where you remind us of these things, that we are yours. And help us, Lord, to live by the power of your grace. To live by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. To live, Lord God, because of your Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And to live because of your love. So Lord, let this not just be an end to, <laughs> an end to, oh, God's finished speaking. We can go back to business as usual. But Father, you know the heart's cry of everyone who stands here. Direct, Lord. Instruct, Lord. Um, help to fan a flame, Lord. Rekindle gifts in this body, Lord. Set passions alight, Lord. So that your name rings out. The good news rings out. And this place where we have been now for over a year. Let your presence ring out. We are your, after all, your church, your dwelling place, a spiritual house in which you live by your Holy Spirit. So, Lord God, let your presence, your power, your might, your glory be seen in our lives, collectively and individually, Lord. And so we pray, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and for every day and forevermore as we live for this gospel, live for this Lord, live trusting in his word. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. To find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.